budget is fine, calendar's fine, we have to do those things, but realistically, if you review calendar and budget for the next 50 weeks, it's not going to change your life. Um, if you do a weekly issues session, it will actually change your life. Hey friends, welcome to the 1000 Houses podcast where we encourage and equip households to make disciples in and through the home. Every episode, you'll hear interviews, teachings, and conversations around what it looks like to turn your home into a hub for mission, community, and discipleship. If you'd like to learn more about what entering into a season of coaching might look like for you and your household, visit 1kh.org for more info. Let's jump into today's episode. We wanted to give you guys uh, two of the top tools that we've used to develop a romantic partnership in our relationship, and they're the same two tools that Blake and Chandler are using in their relationships. We want to talk you guys through what those are all about. We're going to start with the romance because that's where it needs to start. God designed it that way, that this is where things begin. Um, our relationship with God, it's not that we, we try to please him, but he has grace on us first. Uh, even those of us who really practice a Sabbath, the way that we think about that is that we first rest, that we don't work, we don't rest from work, we work from rest. And so the same goes for our relationships. So I'm going to invite uh, Blake and Chandler and April up here. We're going to give you guys some tips for how to manage these two tools. Okay. So the first one, yeah, go ahead and give a round of applause to Blake and Chandler, April up here. Thank you guys for, get cozy. All right, <clears throat> so we're gonna start with romance and uh, not surprisingly probably, our favorite tool for this is to commit to having a regular date night. Uh, and I know that oftentimes when I heard that, like, okay, it's really important that you prioritize your relationship, you guys should figure out how to do a date night. Um, there was then transpired a 10-year process of learning out how to do a good date night. And that's been sometimes pleasant, sometimes painful journey. And so we want to give you guys like all of our favorite tips for how to pull this off uh, that has worked really well for us. Okay, so um, I'm going to start with this one. Pick the right time for relational energy. You guys can see that? You don't see that? All right. <clears throat> so... One of the things that we've discovered about this particular rhythm is when really matters. It's an awesome book by Daniel Pink called When. And if you want to know the entire book and just like basically one sentence, it's just pay attention to how your energy ebbs and flows and really make sure that your energy is matching the activity. There you go. You don't have to read that book. It's a great book. Um, so, <clears throat> so one of the things that I had to figure out was, okay, when, when do we have, like, when's the, when's the peak relational energy? For April and I, uh, we were trying to fit in a date night on a weeknight. We were doing this for a long time. I would oftentimes be a zombie during date night. Um, so I, we were, our relationship was sort of held hostage by what kind of day I had, uh, which was kind of rough uh, on our relationship. And um, so I remember there was one date one week we could not make it to our date night. And so we ended up having to do our date night on a Saturday night. And so we moved it and then we went, to, we went out on a Saturday night and it was amazing. I was like, what, why, why was that so much better? And we realized, well, I had, we just, we rest on our Saturdays. And so we were just coming off of a day where we were really recharging. And right after that, we went straight from that into our date night. And so 
that was sort of a magical discovery for us. Like, oh my gosh, we could really have a awesome connection, but I really need to make sure that I know I'm fully present. And that oftentimes means when uh, we do this is critical. So any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I just um, agree with what you're saying. Lair, when he was a zombie, it made date night really not fun. <laughs> so um, getting to the place where we, uh, it was like a victory, getting to find out like the night that it was like actually like we were both recharged and it was really exciting. And we had um, the kids were kind of old enough. We could have just left them alone. But uh, that was when we started doing game night with Papa, Jeremy's dad. We're like, hey, will you guys just play games with them? Because his dad loves to play games. And so now it still still goes. We still go out on a date on Saturday and the kids are, you know, older teens, young adults, and they're still doing game night with Papa on those nights. Yeah. I'll say on the when thing, uh, we're Tuesday night date night people. Anybody else Tuesday night people? I see you, I see you, yes. There's a fun thing that happens is that when you pick a night, sometimes you find other couples that also use that night. So like for a long time, we saw uh, Daniel and Arian Armstrong out every Tuesday night. And like, eventually I started texting them and be like, where are you? Cause you'd see them in OTR or something like that. So kind of a fun thing. Um, also, hi, I'm Blake, uh, this is Chandler. And uh, I like that Jeremy described like, oh yeah, the Smiths are also doing these same tools. Uh, the reason for that is because the priors told us about those tools about like 12 years ago. And so it's kind of fun that I think represented uh, between our two families, I think there's a kid every other year from the, how old's Kelsey, she 24? So from 24 down to 18 months, I think there's a kid every other year across our two families. And so we can hopefully maybe uh, represent some of what life looks like in the younger ages since our oldest is 12, our youngest is 18 months. So um, <clears throat> my tip was uh, husbands, you own date night. Has anybody ever heard of this concept of the tragedy of the commons? Has anybody heard that concept before? It's this idea that if somebody doesn't own it, nobody owns it. And so for instance, the living room, whose job is it to pick up the living room? Would someone please pick up the living room, right? This is the problem is that if it's not one person's job, it doesn't get done. So I'm just gonna make it easy for you. Guys, it's your job. Your job is date night, okay? Um, why? I think part of it has to do with the polarity that naturally arises in male and female relationships. I'm guessing for 90% of the people in this room that most of date, dating when you were dating in college, actually the burden probably went on the man to ask the person out, plan, book the dinner reservations, plan and do that thing. So the question is, why would that change? Um, <clears throat> I also think, yeah, I think it's kind of helpful just to kind of have one person be the pro actor and the other person reactor. And I think the name of the game, I've been working on this for 15 years. I think the name of the game is, as the man, your job is to be the aggressor, to create the date and for it to be exactly what she was hoping for, but didn't ask for. <laughs> we'll never attain it, but that's the shot. That's what we're going for, I think. So yeah, yeah, any thoughts? Golfing is apparently what I wanted to do. <laughs> <laughs> we're getting there. Yeah. <laughs> All right, here's another one we accidentally discovered. Side by side, then face to face. So one of the things that we like to do often during our date nights is make them happen in two parts. So <clears throat> uh, the first part is 
we are going for a walk or we're having a conversation um, that's in the car. Um, so this is us driving, driving our, uh, uh, we don't own a, a convertible, but we rented one once, yes, and uh, took a picture and sent it to our kids, make them jealous. Um, so we love uh, this, this kind of progression. I think, I think this is especially, I think for a lot of women when they hear this are like, what, what what's the big deal? Like just, just sit down and stare at each other face to face and have an intense conversation where we're connecting. I'm like, yeah, but that's really, for whatever reason, a lot of guys, that's kind of hard just to immediately get there. Um, and so I discovered that for me, it was like, if we had like this, you know, this, this sort of rhythm of like side by side for, you know, 20, 30, 40 minutes, and then, and then we, we could face each other, I was much more emotionally available. Um, I don't know if there's any psychologist here you can explain to me why that works or why that happens. Uh, but as I've talked to other guys, there's been, I, I, a lot of other guys have noticed that as well. Probably my favorite version of this uh, is when the weather's kind of nice out. Um, let's say we have like, we're gonna hit a restaurant at 6.30. Um, we did this a couple times and it was super cool. So we just would drive to the restaurant. Let's say it's like 5.30. And then we would just go on like an urban walk. And we just walk in one direction for like an hour. Uh, and then we would Uber back to the restaurant. I think we actually, that happened one time on accident because it started raining. And we're like, oh, we, we got to, and I was like, well, let's just do that on purpose next time. Let's just like get lost and then we'll just take the car back and then we'll start that. So anyway, I love this kind of two phase date night approach. I think it, it uh, really helps um, us get into uh, that, that kind of deep connection we want to have at a date night. So any thoughts on that one or? No, like um, well, sitting side by side, I don't, I don't know if, <clears throat> to me, when he says that, I'm like, what does that mean? But I feel like, like, if we go for a drive, um, then it's like, it's almost like we're like, oh, look at that house. And oh, look at, and it kind of, we aren't trying to figure out how to have a conversation yet. We're just like observing something at the same time. And that doesn't really mean much. We're just experiencing something at the same time. And it kind of helps with the preparation, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's another one. I think this is also helpful, especially if you've got an infant. A lot of times we'll take an infant along with us uh, for maybe like their first year or something. There's always like the final date that the baby comes on. You're like, oh, this is your last one. You're not getting invited to the next one. Um, <clears throat> but I feel like that's really nice. Put a kid in a backpack and then go on a hike. And a lot of times they'll fall asleep or they'll, like, they'll be cool. And so that's especially, I think, helpful with that. Yeah. Maybe the next one. All right. Not feeling it. Um, if you're going to be married more than like, I don't know, a year or two, there are going to be seasons where you have like a newborn or you're exhausted or um, you're sick or, well, I don't know, sick, but um, I, I think like there is this Disney mentality that has just like pervaded our whole culture that like you have to feel so much love for this person that you want to go on a date with them. And that's great if you feel like that, but this is real life and you can choose to do things that you don't in the moment feel like. Just, I mean, if I think about the things that I wouldn't do if I never felt like it, I would never work out, I would never eat healthy, I'd probably never even read my Bible, but I know all those things will make me into the person that I want to be. It will help me live the life that I want to live. I think it's kind of helpful to think like, what would a couple with an awesome relationship 25 years in do. They would probably prioritize time with each other weekly, if not every day. Like this is super important and 
if you if you want to if I want to have a good relationship, I'm going to choose to go through the motions first. And guess what? Your heart gets shaped by going through the motions, and you start to look forward to it. And you okay? So this is a bit, this is a picture of us with uh, I think this this is our four year old. She's like four days old here. We're like a day out of the hospital. This is not like something that we were like yeah, let's go out to the mall at Chick Fil A and walk around the food court. But it was like hey we need to have time together and we're just going to make this happen just because we're building the muscle of I pri I'm prioritizing you even when I'm tired. All right. Here's another one. This is like Jeremy confession time, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I, I, think, I think one of the things that, so if, if I could describe what you want a date night to be, it's you want to feel very connected after it's over, right? So you want to go from, let's say you feel like connected on a scale of one to 10, you're at a two. And by the time date night's over, you want to be like an eight. Like that would be like a really good date night. Um, but sometimes I feel like even when we do the side by side thing, it's like, I can't think of anything to talk about. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what's going, you know? And so sometimes you're looking at your spouse, and you're like, are they like just this deep? Like, is there anything else down there? I want to connect to something, but the roots are, aren't getting there. And oftentimes I think the reason is there's, <clears throat> I know for me, I'll just speak for myself, where I've filed the deep stuff, I don't really know how to access it very easily. Like, it's like, where did, where did I put that? <laughs> I, know, I know I had a deep emotion yesterday. It was like really surprising. <laughs> um, and uh, I totally forgot about it now. So, <clears throat> um, so, but that's the kind of stuff she wants to talk about. Like, like what's going on in your heart, right? I, I, you know, I could talk all day long about what I think but that's not gonna really cause us to be connected. Um, so one of the things that I've learned to, to do during date night is I try to journal a little bit every day about the, about the strongest emotion that I felt over the last 24 hours. And then during date night, when we're sitting there talking, I'll oftentimes, because I literally know where it's filed, it's in my moleskin, like that little, little, and so I'll often bring that. And so if we're just hanging out, I'll open that up and start like flipping through and looking at these emotions I was feeling. It takes me like 10 seconds every day. Um, and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I told, like, let me share that with you. And so now we have a way to go deep. You could also do this with journaling. Like there was a season where April and I would literally go to a park. We would journal for 30 minutes and then go on a date night. So we, we could actually make sure that we're dialing in to our heart and not just, you know, skimming off the surface of our relationship. So um, especially in really busy seasons or there, if there's deep things going on and um, it's really important to, to have that connection. Again, if the goal is to feel connected, start to ask yourselves, what are the things that, that are gonna likely cause that to happen? And this was one of the tools that helped us out. Yeah, and I feel like if you are in that season where it's divide and conquer, um, this is where I had to dial down my mind because I wanted to be like, okay, we've got things to talk about. We have decisions to make. We have, you know, we got to decide what we're going to do about this thing and uh, let's plan our week. And I was trying to cram everything into one night. And so learning how to, and we're going to talk about another tool next, um, but learning how to like dial up my heart and desire connection, like calm down all the efficiency, calm down the check check boxes and just allow my heart to kind of like and you know figure out how to connect with Jeremy that was a journey yeah. okay this is I it doesn't have to be like a really big thing um it it's not this it's a weekly date night it's not this ginormous romantic gesture where you have to get like super fancy and dressed up 
Um, I think it just like, like lowering the bar of like what you're expecting or what you're, if you're planning, if you're planning it, what you're putting, the burden that you're putting on yourself to produce this big thing. It can literally be, hey, let's go like walk in the woods and maybe like grab a bite to eat afterwards or let's go to a Reds game and talk and, you know, it's, it can be like super, super basic. Um, yeah. Do you have anything to add to that? Talk about uh, Chipotle dates. Oh, yeah. So like when we were early married and we went from two incomes, no kid to zero income, one kid, because we were going to start a business and it was going to be great. Um, we we had like zero dollars. And um, but we were like, this is still we, we wanted to have a date night. Um, so we like had a friend who would come over and watch our baby. And then we'd go and we'd like walk around Montgomery and split a beer and a bowl from Chipotle. And I think our dates cost like $7. But it was this like, like, I look back at that now. And like, those were so such sweet memories that we had because we were just like prioritizing like being with each other and it didn't cost a lot of money and in some ways like those are like I don't know the best the best times are when um we were just prioritizing each other um. awesome okay the last one this one just kind of rips on what Chandler just said um you want to have two or three easy button options so press the easy button on crazy weeks um, there are two restaurants in Cincinnati that are really nice. You can get in on a Friday or Saturday night without a reservation and have a deep conversation. They're quiet, the food's good, the service is awesome. I'm not telling any of you where they are uh, because these are our easy buttons and I don't... <laughs> so uh, there's also another example is having a little activity. Like sometimes you literally can't leave the house. And so you need to figure out in a season where you can't leave the house, how do we create a sacred space inside the house? Is there an activity that will create that side-by-side -side time, like a puzzle? Um, one of the things that I've been trying to get April into lately is uh, a card game called Speed, but we like to play it really slow. It's like speed and slow motion, because it's one of the only games you can play with just two people, and I don't want to like compete with her. I just want to like, you know, hang out. So uh, that's, that's an easy budget for us. And so we're figuring those things out. So try some things, and when they work, uh, then you can uh, try it again. And your amazing dessert platters are on their way. Thank you, Yammers. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Um, one other topic we didn't mention uh, is childcare. And I, I feel like that's a big hurdle often um, is who's going to watch the kids while we do a date night and how do we afford it and that sort of thing. Um, I would like to encourage uh, husbands, make this your problem, um, because I think sometimes when presented with a challenge like that, I think it can be helpful to say, okay, well, maybe we're not comfortable with a teenager. Is there a single human being on earth that we would be comfortable watching our child? Okay, cool. I'll reach out to that person. I'll schedule that person. Um, I'm not the only person who schedules childcare, but I think when that becomes a, a blocker, why don't, let's take that on ourselves and say, okay, I'm gonna try to figure out how to solve that problem. Um, that's it. <clears throat> well, and I'll say, this is kind of uh, reaching back to a point we made in the first talk, was like, for the moms, sometimes that's hard 
to be like, no, but they're not like the perfect person. And so I don't know if I can trust them with my kids. And I feel like that is something to maybe work on. Um, it's part of the process of prioritizing your relationship with your husband. Um, if you, you know, don't demand perfection from, I mean, we did have a really perfect babysitter for a while. She's here in this room. Um, but then she just set the bar and we were like, but there's no one else. And so if we can't have her, we don't know what to do. So we have to learn how to like compromise. <clears throat> Go Lindsay. All right. <clears throat> so, uh, all right, we're going to, we're going to do a transition. You guys ready for this? We were talking about the romance. That was the, that was a really important tool. That's the most important tool. If you got one thing out of tonight, that's the one you want to take home, right? Start there. Okay. But some of you guys have that. Some of you guys have a good day night. That's rocking. What's really causing your relationship not to go deep or what could be getting in the way over the long term is the lack of the partnership, being a team, accomplishing things together. So how do you do that? So we want to give you guys seven tips for how to have one of these. A, there's lots of words for this. The general term is a business meeting, a meeting where you actually do productive stuff. You, you prepare to do things together that actually will help you move your family forward. So we're gonna talk through what that looks like. Okay, um, and some of these are gonna look kind of similar. Again, pick the right time for your business brain. So this is one of the things that April and I also had to learn. We were doing our, our business meeting on the weekends and for whatever reason, I was, like, I was out of that mode in the weekends. And so she would ask me questions and I'd be like, I don't know, what do you think? I don't know, like, it was just like, but, but one day, uh, again, this, I think something we just discovered, she uh, came to my office and this was the time where I was uh, helping uh, lead a company. And so she scheduled like a, a, an hour during the middle of my work day. And I, I go from one like business meeting to the next, whiteboards and everything else. Well, when she came in and started asking questions, it was like, I was firing on all cylinders. I was like ready to rock. It was so different. And I was like, what, what was that? And I was like, I couldn't do that meeting during the weekend, but I, it worked really well to do it during the, during the work week. So that was a big, a big uh, discovery. <clears throat> all right, I, there is a theme, I guess, like guys, own a lot of things here. <laughs> um, for us, we found that it's super helpful if um, Blake is the one running this. I think a lot of us in this room probably agree like, yes, I want my husband to be the spiritual leader in our home and in our relationship. And then like you get into like, what, okay, what does like actually that mean? Like, does it mean like he's the one who praise aloud at the dinner table? Does it mean he's the one who like says where we're going to go to church? Like, what does that actually mean? And I, I'm going to pause it. I think that means that he is the one leading whatever this looks like in your family. If this is like a business meeting, um, because the things that you do, the rhythms that you have, the things that you spend your money on, the way that you spend all of your time, what is that if not spiritual. Like those are all part of your spiritual being. So I think it's super important that, um, that I, and I think it's super hard in this culture because, um, all these women, all the women in this room, I, you are all extremely capable of running a meeting like this. And you are maybe some of you are better at it than your husband. 
And it is this, um, I, hypothetically, hypothetically, <laughs> um, I think it's this, it's this, uh, this feels like I'm like breaking rules, even talking about this. I'm just, it feels like this, it's this way of like trusting your husband, um, to say, Hey, I, I am in on you leading our family spiritually. And when you have an idea, I'm going to like be all in on it and I'm going to let you fail. And I'm going to trust that the Lord is going to, is going to lead you and train you and mature you. And I'm not going to like point it out when you do it. Um, yeah. Anything else? <laughs> okay. All right. <clears throat> so this is a business meeting, right? So we're going to just go right into business mode. No. That's not a good idea. Even in the middle of your work week, even with your business brain, it's important to connect first and remember that we are a couple, but we are building a romantic partnership. Um, and so we want to start with some way to connect. So that could be just a question about something that helps you connect. It could be physically connecting, um, you know, giving each other a hug, like, hey, let's do this together. And this is something we we're, we're doing this because of our love for each other. Uh, I know that in, and Blake's going to talk about kind of the format of the meeting. One of the first questions is kind of a connect question. So we just did a meeting, I think yesterday. And I, I just asked, what is one way in the last week you've seen God move in our family? And so just like asking, like, I'm always like, try, try to start with a connection where it's like so, something maybe that you might be thinking about or might be in your mind right now that you could share in these first five minutes of this meeting that help me understand where your heart is, where your mind is, what you're thinking about that maybe I haven't heard yet. Like, let's get some of that on the table right at the beginning of this meeting and just uh, be connected before we just dive right into lots of productive conversations. This has been really helpful for us because you know how life can be so unpredictable and you can like set this time aside, but like just before that time, two of your kids got in a huge fight or you know, you're, they're doing their thing or like there's something, you just found out some like disturbing news or something. And so it's been really helpful for me to be able to like, I know we need to have our meeting still, but I just have to tell you about this thing that just happened. Um, I'm going to take five minutes and I'm just going to like unload on you. And um, sometimes it will like redirect our meeting because it's something that needs action. Um, and sometimes it's like the fuel for change that needs to happen. Um, and sometimes it's just like, okay, I got that off my chest now. I'm ready to go on. All right. Uh Structure-wise, I've kind of got a couple bullet points that we use um, in our weekly meeting. This comes from a book by Gino Wickman uh, called Traction, and he's kind of cracked the code on how to do weekly, monthly, quarterly, and annual meetings, uh, as well as like a lot of like 80% of the stuff that you have in a business. And so I'm a big fan of a simple system. I don't want to have to invent it. If somebody else has figured out 80% of it, I'll just adopt that and use that. Um, so um, separately, if anybody wants the full structure, you can shoot me an email. I don't know if we can send it out or something, or I can send out the spreadsheet. I've got some spreadsheets that we use. I know some people love spreadsheets, others don't. Um, I found it's an effective way to kind of follow the structure, but I'll walk through what the weekly structure is. Um, first off, some sort of uh, segue, we do gratitude. Um, so it's just, a, hey, what are we thankful for in the past week? I'm just gonna list out a couple things and I write it down as we're kind of thinking it through to kind of get us in a better space. That's five minutes. 
Um, next is five minutes talking about any numbers or their scorecard of um, health in your family. Uh, for us, a lot of that's financial. And so we'll look at, hey, bank account balances and things like that, what's changed week over week. Uh, but also we've done stuff like we've rated ourselves of how closely do you feel connected to each of the kids or to each other? Um, how much are we living into our values? You can kind of make up your own thing, but I think the exercise is if you were sitting on a beach and the only way you were connected to your family was one through one post-it note with a couple numbers written on it for you to be able to tell how healthy is my family right now? What numbers would you put on there? Um, that's you kind of invent these sort of things and we've iterated on that over time. But it's five minutes talking through the scorecard. So we're 10 minutes in. We did gratitude. We did scorecard. Next, we uh, look at our goals. Um, when you're starting off, you don't have to have goals. Um, eventually, you get into a quarterly cadence where you set goals on the quarter. And then you check in weekly. How are we doing on those things? And you just say, on track or needs attention. And then if it needs attention, we'll kick it down and we'll talk it later in the meeting. Um, again, only five minutes. So we're 15 minutes in. Um, next, calendar. We do two weeks looking forward and just say, okay, over the next two weeks, let's just review and make sure that we don't have anything conflicting. We never have anything conflicting, I'm sure. Um, but yeah, I think most people are pretty familiar. I think most people, if they're doing some sort of uh, version of this, are probably doing a calendar review. Um, and then uh, the last of kind of the stuff you're getting through is your to-do list, which is last week in our meeting, we came up with some next steps we were gonna take. Did we do those things? And so one by one, I like to go in and say, Chandler, you said that you were gonna do this last week. Did you do it? And then we cross it off together. And then I say, I said that I was gonna do this. Did I do it? And if I didn't, then I have to commit. In the next seven days, I will get this done. And then we kind of drag it over to the next meeting. Um, accountability is huge. I think a lot of us don't like these concepts, but in any organization, the only way you have any forward momentum is if you do what you say you're going to do. And personally, I need the shame of, you know, I didn't do the thing. That's the only way I'm going to actually do what I say I'm going to do is if I actually have that opportunity. I don't want to leave it uncrossed off. Um, okay, so those were each five minutes. I, I can't emphasize enough, just get through that stuff. That's not the main thing. The main thing, which I'll talk about in a second more, is issues. This is problem solving. So in that, we list out a list of all the problems that we feel like we're facing right now in our family. Um, it can be child behavioral stuff. It can be some financial thing. It can be, you know, between a relationship, whatever it is. And you just list them all out. Um, and then you take an hour or maybe if you do an hour long meeting, a half hour, and you just work together, you two against the problem and try to solve it. Um, after that, and we'll actually, we'll talk about that a little bit more detail in a second. Um, and then finally, we conclude the meeting. Uh, by rate, we recap what are the to-dos that we're gonna do next week, and then we rate the meeting. Super corporate-y, but it really does work. On a zero to 10, how'd that go? And sometimes it's a six, and you say, okay, what's one thing we'll do differently next week, right? Um, and so this is the format that he recommends. If you look up online just uh, L10 meeting or traction L10 meeting, there are a million YouTube videos that explain how to do it. Um, I, it's every once in a while, I'll get a refresher, and I'll just like go and look at that. <clears throat> I, I don't know if I'm the only one who has this inclination, but every night when Blake is really exhausted and tired and ready, like he's like putting his head on the pillow, that's when I have the long list of things I want to talk to him about. And I just like for a long, many years of our marriage, I would just spring it on. I'm like, hey, what do you, do you think our kid has autism? Do you, I, like it was just all the things that were in the back of my mind that I was so worried about that that was like the perfect moment. And that 
is where IDS comes in to save the day. When you have a time where I, like now I mentally know, I'm gonna save that for our meeting when we're talking about issues because he's gonna be in a space where he can listen and it doesn't feel like a huge burden. Off to sleep, okay. <laughs> um, I'll say when we started doing, we've done many different iterations of meetings um, and how to do them and all that stuff. And when Jeremy wanted to start doing L10, I hated it. And um, it was a lot of it was that accountability piece. I'm like, he's like, did you do that thing? No, I didn't. I know I said I would do it in the next seven days, but I still haven't done it. And um, so it, something about it was just really hard for me. So, but now um, we have included our kids, our older kids in it. And that's just as a lot, um, it feels more smooth now and there's a little more traction with it and um i've had to learn you really like them being held accountable right? i like them being held accountable <laughs> that's right um for sure it's like oh hmm, did you do that did you see that they didn't do it you should what are you gonna do about that because <laughs> um, i had to learn how to fit that into my schedule and to do's and all that stuff yeah having a having a pre-existing format that works really good is so helpful Okay, um, this is quick. Just treat each other like partners, not employees. Sometimes when uh, we, we had a conversation about this uh, at uh, a guy's group that Blake and I were at last week, and one of the, one of the guys who runs a company said, my, my, uh, my wife is literally afraid of the work version of me. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a big call out. Like if you're a very intense person and you're bringing that into your marriage and it's hurting the romance, then you need to be careful. So there, there is like a definite, um, I think, warning or disclaimer to make sure that you don't start treating each other like you know, just your your tools in 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 uh, in the toolbox, or that you're just employees or something. It's like no, that's why we have to constantly remind. It. There's there's got to be a different tone to this. I know I, I struggle with this. I I have two tones. It's like we're here to get stuff done, or we're we're relaxed, and it's really it's hard for me to dial that into the right spot space. And that's like issues. I, I just, I know we've said this a bunch, but I just want to emphasize like how important that it is that your meeting is not the same thing as your date night. Mm -hmm. This is just so, it's a great way to ruin both of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I wanted to double click on the issues portion because if you're thinking about leaving here today and just implementing, maybe first starting implementing a weekly business meeting, um, that's the main event. That's the one thing I would love for you to try to do um, because it actually will make a massive difference in your life in the next seven days. Um, budget is fine. Calendar's fine. We have to do those things. But realistically, if you review calendar and budget for the next 50 weeks, it's not going to change your life. Um, if you do a weekly issues session, it will actually change your life. So I wanted to just talk about what does that look like? Um, to prep, you can ask your wife, um, what's wrong in our life? Maybe create a list. Don't worry, she's got it. Um, and so uh, when they come in, you actually, I'll have Chandler read her list out loud and I will write it down either on a whiteboard or um, on the computer. I'll write it down in front of her and capture all the different things. Then I'll add on my list, my, uh, from my list, these are the things that I think <clears throat> are wrong currently that we're facing. So now we're sitting here looking at a list of sometimes upwards of 20 things that we could spend our energy trying to solve in our family. It's a little overwhelming. Um, so then the question becomes, 
if we can only solve one or two of these things, which would you want us to solve today? And so then Chandler might highlight one, I'll highlight one, maybe we have combined two, something like that. So you end up having two or three that you've now together decided these are the more important ones to go after. Um, that's a really important step because if you immediately just start at the top, often the loudest person will win, but it might not be the most important thing. Um, okay, so now we have one or two or three things that we're gonna try to solve. Um, your job as the facilitator is to restate the problem. Well, first to listen to the person, go deeper on the problem. Um, and so Chandler might you know, explain it for a little bit. And then my job is I'm trying to elicit a specific reaction. I will restate the problem until she says, yes, exactly. Then we're allowed to move on to the next step. Until she says that, we're not allowed to move to solving until I can restate the problem in a way that she says, yes, exactly, that's the problem. Um, then from there, we can start to entertain solutions. Um, and so solutions can look like throwing money at a problem. It can look like throwing time at a problem. It might be a rhythm problem. It can be moving different pieces. Like there's a lot of different things that we can do to solve problems, but you wanna make sure that first we choose. Second, we then really clearly state it so we're both on the same pro uh, page of what the problem is. And then third, we're gonna come up and solve it. And typically coming out of that is some level of next steps or to-dos, which then we capture and we'll revisit those in seven days. Um, if nothing else, I would say, if maybe you're concerned about uh, resistance to doing this, the pitch is for the weekly business meeting. It's like, I would love to spend one hour a week where all I do is try to make your life better. And I think as an act of service and an act of love, it's a huge deal to put your prefrontal cortex and throw it at a problem to try to make your family thrive more. I can't think of a more loving thing to do, so. <clears throat> And okay, and then there's also like the reactive side to that. There have been times where Blake was like, okay, this is what we're gonna try this week. We're gonna try these three things. We're gonna spend money on this. We're gonna do this thing. And immediately my inclination is like, um, you don't understand. That's not gonna work. And this is why it's not gonna work. And I just like immediately wanna shut it down. And we're gonna, if it's still a problem in a week, we'll talk about it at our next business meeting, but I need to trust, like we're, I'm gonna go full in on trying to solve these problems with whatever we decide. And I'm gonna be 100% behind it. Awesome. Yeah, I think as well, it's important to understand that when you have done this for six months, how many problems you can solve. Because sometimes you see that huge list Blake was talking about. You're like, oh, that's great. I, I told you 12 things. We just solved one. Yeah, yeah, but next week's coming. And next week, and next week. And then eventually they start falling. And that, that's huge. And by the way, when I had that little slide, like where is the realm where she opposes you? That's, this is where that happens. Like we literally get into the ring, you know, once a week. And it, we're, we're allowed to have sort of constructive conflict. And again, we're, we're going after the problem but we're gonna see it from very different angles. And so we wanna create a, an environment where that's happening and that's actually serving our family well. Um, and that, that's why we wanna create this arena. Okay, uh, complete projects solve issues. So there's really two parts to this whole thing that Blake's been talking about. There's those goals, and those are the proactive things we're doing to try to you know, uh, figure out what, what are the projects or the goals we're trying to go after. And then the issues are often reactive, like, oh my gosh, this is happening in our family. How do we solve this problem? Um, and so what I love about this system is that this really allows for both of those. And so um, I, I'm a huge fan of this. So we wanted just to share, share with you guys how both of us sort of have landed on this tool of how to have a really productive uh, meeting as a couple in our partnerships.
Well, friends, thanks for listening to today's episode. If you'd like to learn more about A Thousand Houses or discover what a season of coaching might look like for you and your household, visit 1kh.org. We'll see you for the next episode.